So I started a series a couple weeks ago, last Sunday actually we kicked it off, where it was from the fruit of my sabbatical, I was six weeks out of the ministry, just simply, at the beginning of the year God told me, he said in July you'll take a sabbatical, but I did not know when July came how bad I would need that sabbatical. And I'm a firm believer that ministers need to take sabbaticals by will before they're taken by force. And so I'm thankful that God prepared me. But, you know, in, the, in that six-week time that I was away, I realized how good I was at telling people I was good when I was no good at all. See, I believe, if you're new here this morning, I believe transparency in the ministry is one of the most powerful keys of the kingdom because what it allows you to see is everybody, everybody around you, they may look good, they may smell good. Some of them may smell bad. If, it do, if they do, just slide down a seat. But I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But we're really good at showing people the picture we want them to see, but inwardly there's a whole lot more going on. And so this series, Selfie, came from the idea that God began to speak to me. He said, you know, Kyle, he said, my people are so consumed with the way people perceive them. And he said, but they totally neglect how I see them. And see, I don't want to look like I got it all together on the outside, but on the inside, I'm full of sin. On the inside, I'm full of rot. On the inside, I'm full of jealousy. On the inside, I'm full of anger. On the inside, I'm full of bitterness. See, I'm smiling in my phone, taking my selfie, but on the inside, I'm weeping. On the inside, I'm crying. I'm congratulating people on their engagement, but my marriage is falling apart. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be the person that portrays one picture, but inwardly, God is looking at my heart. The Bible said, David said, who can ascend to the hill of the Lord, but him with clean hands and a pure heart. It starts right here. The move of God starts right here. I said the move of God starts right here. We can't win the world if we're losing ourselves. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Let's give you King Kyle version. What does it profit a man for the whole world to think you're okay, but yet you lose your own soul? Stand with me for the reverence of reading God's Word. As you stand, get your phones out. Get your phones out. Turn the camera around. Such a beautiful crowd this morning here. All those that have gathered because they have heard that Jesus is in the house. Take a selfie. Check in at Dominion Church. Come on. Take a selfie. It's selfie. That's the series we're in. We want you to take a selfie. Check in at Dominion Church. Unless you're one of those people that's here and you're scared to let anybody know you come to this place, then just, you know, put your head down because there's a lot of cameras everywhere right now. Put your head down. Like, I don't want people to know I went to Dominion Church. Oh, my gosh. They'll talk about me. Y'all ready for this? 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, For we live, or for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but rather on the contrary, they have divine power, dunamos, to demolish. Strongholds. Watch this. We're going. This is where it gets really good. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 
and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the people, God. We know your spirit is here. And where the spirit and the word are, God, we see John 17, 17, to sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. God, we see the scripture fulfilled that the day is coming and now is that they will arise, true worshipers, that will worship in spirit and truth. God, we ask that as the spirit of you and the truth of your word are made manifest in this room, God, that lives will be forever changed. Minds will be renewed. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the reading of your word. Father, as your word has been released, allow faith to arise and every enemy to be scattered in Jesus mighty name and the people said amen and amen you may be seated all over the house over the last week if you missed out on Wednesday how many of y'all were here Wednesday witness in the house come on man Wednesday was good Wednesday was good it was a little deeper dive, and that's kind of my heart in this series. I'm continuing the series Wednesdays and Sundays, Wednesdays and Sundays, except in the case of youth takeover service, uh, where we'll push pause and see what God's doing in the youth, and then we'll get right back into it. But so what I'm telling you is what I'm teaching on this morning, if you want to know more about it, come back Wednesday. I, I say come back Wednesday. But... What we've done in this series so far is in the in last week we talked about how God is, is a omnipresent, omniscient, but he's a triune God. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God is, is one of three but yet one. Only with God can you add three and get one. Okay. But God said, let us make man in our image. And he was speaking to Holy Spirit and, and, and Christ who was since the foundations of the earth. And he said, let us make man in our image. And as he did, he created them, male, from the for, formed from the dust of the earth and breathed in his nostrils. He became a living being. And, and there we find as the Ruach of God comes alive and man is made in the image of God, God also gives man a trinity. Man is made up of three parts, mind, body, and soul. We talk about how the church neglects mental health okay well, I'm going to address that in a little bit more depth this morning but mind body and spirit man is made up of these three parts and oftentimes what we do is we we are focused on the body we're focused on the selfie we want six packs and we want curves we want new shoes and we want new shirts but nobody's saying let me get a new mind Nobody's saying, God, clean my heart out. Come on. See, see, we focus so much on the outward man, which is, not, which is mortal. This, this corruptible, this dust, this dirt, this flesh will soon be done away with. As a man, as, as a vapor, as the wind blows, you know, life is here today, gone tomorrow. It's just a short span. We focus so much on this, but inside of us is an eternal being. It's the soul, the spirit of a man that Christ went to Calvary to purchase the, but through his blood that man that was fallen and separated from God for all of eternity could be restored through the blood of Christ, to be back in right relationship with God. Your body ain't nothing but a vehicle. See, you are a man in form, but you are a spirit in being. And what you have to understand is everything in this life and in your life is spiritual. Okay. 
You're not a natural person having spiritual experiences on Sunday. You are a spiritual being that has to contend through the natural experiences of Monday through Sunday. And so we find in 2 Corinthians 10, as Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, he begins to address the fact that they are not waging war as natural warriors. You're not fighting a war like natural war. You don't have weapons of natural warfare. You don't have 12-gauge shotguns and cannons and sniper rifles. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, our weapons are not carnal. Watch, watch, watch. See, it's not the thought that comes, it's the thought that stays. Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Proverbs 23, 7 says that as a man thinks, so is he. Listen to me. I believe that one of the greatest faults and failures of the church is we have taught people how to change their their, their appearance. But never their spirit. I'm going to get down on your level for this. Y'all know we've encountered ministry in the earth that says, oh, if you're going to come to church, you got to dress a certain way. Oh, I can already feel it. It's all right, religious Pharisee. Sit right there because I'm about to rub you all the way wrong this morning. See, we've got, we've got a mentality in church that says, well, you know, they look like this or they're this color or they're from this side of town. See, we've, we've created a religion that is focused on the outward appearance and all the meanwhile, God is saying, listen, you'll prosper as your soul prospers. You focused on the outside. I'm focused on the inside. I'm a firm believer. I don't need to talk to you about the way you dress. I don't need to talk to you about where you hang out. All I got to do is get you in the presence of the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit gets in you, he'll tell you how to dress. He'll tell you how to talk. He'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you who your friend should be. The church is too busy trying to do the Holy Spirit's job and the body ain't been prepared for it yet. And that's why we got people sitting in suits but still slapping their wives. That's why we got people that talk in tongues but will cuss you out in the parking lot. Holy Ghost said pump the brakes right there, so I'm stopping right there. Mm. See, you do realize... Before you ever take a step, there is a thought in your mind and in your head that releases an impulse to the muscles of your legs and feet. Okay, realize this. I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to teach you something spiritually through the natural. So before I ever take a step, there's an impulse signal from my mind that is sent to receptors in my muscles that says step with your right leg and I step, step with your left leg, step. And this is a constant uh, formula of how we walk, move, talk, move hands, move your mouth, listen. All of these are impulses from the head sending throughout the body, okay? Watch, I I gotta teach you this morning. See, you do realize that every move you make happens head first. Okay. It is the same spiritually with your mind. Every move you're going to make in the spirit is going to happen in your mind. As a man thinks, 
So is he. Let me talk to some of y'all. The reason why you haven't walked into the level of revelation that God has called you to is because you can't get your head there. The reason why you haven't seen the anointing in your marriage yet is because you can't get your head there. The reason why you haven't begun to see the signs, wonders, and miracles like you want to see is you haven't got your head there. In my name, they will cast out devils, talk in new tongues, lay hands on the sick and recover. These signs shall follow those who believe. Guess what belief is? Belief is a factor of the mind. It's a mind receptor that as a man thinks, as we believe, we see. Because the truth of it is, is our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. I believe in ministry one of the hardest factors listen to me church is too worried about getting people to quit smoking (laughs) what we need to do is we need to be more focused on getting people into the spirit of forgiveness see because oh I'm about to go deep some of us the reason why we smoke drink cuss and do what we do is because we've got things in our lives that we are yet to be healed from and now we got triggers. My God, let me help somebody that every time we reach an offense, the first thing we want to do is we want to go smoke a cigarette, drink a drink, or get in the arms of, of somebody because, but listen to me, that ain't the problem. The problem is a root issue. There's something in their head that needs to be fixed. Their mind needs to be renewed. Because what rules in your mind rules in your world. You can take selfies and on the outside look shiny, but on the inside you can be suffering. And so many times in the church we've trained people to change their behavior, but never their thoughts. I'm going to say it again. The church has has trained people to change their behavior, but never their thoughts. You don't, you don't hear sermons about the way you think. You don't hear sermons about the mindsets of people. You don't hear messages about people uh, allowing their mind to be renewed by the word of God. But let me tell you something. There, there's a hundred people in here this morning that done heard a sermon about you shouldn't be wearing no low-cut blouse and, uh, and you shouldn't have had no tattoos. and uh, So you got to ah real bad. And if you do that, it means it's more like, ah. That means you're more anointed the more you die. And so what we've done is we've trained, we have trained the church to change their behavior, but we've never empowered them to understand your, your behavior only is following in step with your thoughts. What if the reason why she's wearing a low-cut blouse is because at seven years old, she was molested and still living with the trauma? Oh, y'all real quiet. Y'all real quiet. And we got religion standing over her telling her she don't know how to dress. We got religion standing over him telling him that he'll never be nothing for God. And what you don't know is his daddy told him that all of his life. And so there needs to be an arising of revelation in the body of Christ that we make people understand the power of their mind and knowing that it must be renewed by the word of God. 
So now we've got a bunch of soldiers for Christ that are walking into life's battles and they're looking like warriors, but they're defeated in their minds. See, every ounce of spiritual warfare you face is won or lost between your ears. <laughs> you're fighting. There's people right now sitting in these chairs, and the truth is you're battling between fear and faith. There's people right now under the sound of my voice that in one, in one moment you're saying, God, I want to trust you. But in the next moment you're saying, God, let me be in control. There's a battle waging war in between your ears. You, you know, one moment you have confidence in your calling. Oh, I know God's called me. Man, I went to that altar and God really spoke to me. Man, God's doing some things in my life. And then the next thing you know, there's a, there's a, a threat and attack that comes in. And the next thing you know is you're crippled in insecurity and you're paralyzed. And now you don't want to do nothing no more. Where did you win and lose the battle? In between your ears, in your mind, as the mind is the power plant. I talked last week, I want to touch on it again because I really felt wind of Holy Spirit on it. See, you got to understand that the enemy is not after your marriage, he's not after your finances, he's not after your health, he's not after your children. I'm going I'm to make sure you hear me because what I just said totally wrestled against a lot of y'all's ideologies and theologies and churchology that you've been told your whole life. The enemy ain't after any of that. What those are is entry points. And what happens is when the enemy attacks your marriage, he ain't after your marriage as much as he is your mind. Yeah, listen to me. The affair was detrimental. Yeah, it caused a, break of, a breach of trust. But let me tell you what else it'll do. It'll get in your mind and no longer will you think about the things. No longer will you want to pray about the things. You'll be wondering, where is she? Where is he? What happened? Is something wrong with me? And see, what happens is the enemy gets in your mind. See, he ain't after your marriage. He ain't after your money. He ain't after your health. He wants to get in your head. Because if he gets you in your head, that's the body that's connected to it. You ain't going nowhere. How do you move in this life head first so our minds must be renewed by the word of God we got to allow the word of God to fill our minds 2nd Corinthians 10 pull it up for me I want to break this scripture down for though we live in a world we do not wage War as the world does. Just pause right there. I'm going I'm to I'm have y'all skip. I got to teach this morning. I got to really teach this morning. A lot of times where we as believers mess up is when war comes into our lives or in our mind, we instantly want to find a physical fix. But what you have to understand is though we live in the world, watch this, we do not wage war as the world does. Here is where we mess up because we look at ourselves more from a natural stance than a spiritual stance, but the battle you're facing is not natural, it's spiritual. Ephesians said it this way, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in high places. The battle that you're fighting isn't natural. The battle that you've got with your brother, it ain't natural. The battle you got with your spouse, it ain't natural. Some of y'all need to realize you're fighting it on this plane when you need to start fighting it on this plane. You trying to fix him and really what you need to do is cast the devil out. So we don't wage war in natural ways. We don't fight in hand-to-hand -hand combat. 
Matter of fact, I'll tell you how I operate. I use a thing called an airstrike. <laughs> Never forget watching a movie, Private Ryan, and they're, they, they, they're calling in, and, and they're being about to be attacked, and they call it an airstrike, and all of a sudden these big B-52 bomber planes come over the tops of the palm trees, and they're running, and the enemy's all in the bush, and the airstrike, they call in a pinpoint, and all of a sudden, aerial assault comes in and begins to destroy all the enemies. Listen to me, believer. What you need to understand is you're not going to fight your devil toe-to-toe. Where you need to fight is an airstrike. You need to get on your knees, and you need to begin to pray. And what you'll find out is everywhere where the enemy's hiding. Every bush that he snuck up in. Oh, the, the angels of heaven will come and they'll begin to assault and annihilate your enemy. Let faith arise and every enemy be scattered. There's something that happens in the spirit. And a lot of you are trying to fight it on this plane. But we don't wage war as the world wages war. We may be in the world, but we're not of the world. Verse 4. See, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. But on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Watch. This is where I really need to teach. So on the contrary. Go back to that verse. On the contrary, they have divine power. Everyone say, dudamos. It's where we get the word dynamite. The word that is used there is on the contrary, we have divine, whoo, dunamos, watch this. On the contrary, we have divine dynamite. On the contrary, we have divine explosive power to demolish strongholds. 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 That word stronghold in the Greek literally means it was a militant term. That what would happen is any time that an opposing force was, was going to war, they would find the highest place, the highest city, and they would set up camp. And around that city, they would begin to build walls, walls that were 20 foot thick. Hold on. So as Paul is speaking to the church of Corneth, he's telling them, listen, you've got divine explosive power to demolish strongholds. Watch this. When the enemy comes in your life, he's going to set himself up on your highest city. The word that he used there was stronghold. That stronghold is, is the word that is used in the encampment of an enemy that would set up on the highest place and build 20-foot thick walls all the way around. Don't you know that your enemy wants to get into your highest place? Why? If he can get in your highest place, he can see anything that's coming. Woo! Some of you, listen to me. Some of you, the reason why you've been praying for breakthrough and looking for breakthrough, but you ain't seen breakthrough is because you got the enemy in the highest place. And every time breakthrough starts to come, he's knocking it down. And I came to tell somebody this morning that the weapons you war with are not carnal, but they are mighty through God and the pulling down of strongholds. You got to pull it down through prayer, pull it down through fasting, pull it down through praise, pull it down through worship. Literally, as we fight in the spirit, God gives us divine dynamite to explode the walls of the stronghold in our mind. 
Stronghold is literally a psychological word. It's a word that psychologists use when they are, when they are speaking through therapy sessions and talking to people. Listen, I can, I'm going to remind y'all. The Bible and the church has had this stuff all along. But see, what we did is we allowed the world to woo us away from teaching and talking about things like mental health. And we allowed the Buddhists, we allowed the yoga pants, we allowed, come on somebody, we allowed, come on. Oh boy, I just threw a rock at somebody. We've allowed, we've allowed tarot cards. We've allowed, oh, I'm going to look at the stars and see what's going to happen. Why would you look at the stars and see what's going to happen? Why not talk to the one that hung them there? And so what we find, though, is that term, literally, everything that, that we see in, in, in psychology and therapy, it, it's all rooted in the word. A lot of times what happens is those are people that had an experience with God, took the ideologies of his word, put their title on the, on the book, and then sold it and just never referenced the scripture in it. But the word that, that, that psychologists use when they come up to an event in somebody's mind that is binding them and hindering them, where people are stuck, they call it strongholds. Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, says that you've got divine power to demolish those strongholds. Listen to me. Divine power. Holy Ghost power. Now how? Verse 5, watch. Maybe. Verse 5. Thank you. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Watch. Y'all know that you be arguing in your head. There's about six, there's about six real people in here this morning. All you other fakers, you look good though. You be arguing in your head. You be arguing. You, you argue with yourself more than you do your spouse. You argue with yourself more than you do your own children. So how do you demolish those arguments? You know, you know the arguments. Let's talk about the arguments. You in Walmart, Holy Spirit's like, hey, see that guy in that wheelchair? Go pray for him. You're like, okay, now. Uh-uh, don't you do that. You're going to look like a fool. I, I don't want to look. I want to obey God. Oh my God. Bread. There's bread. There's bread. All right. Let's get bread. All right. Lord bless him. Glory to God. I prayed for him, Father. I prayed for him. And you be arguing in your head. God says, hey, sow this into this family. Hey, sacrifice and go serve. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. And the next thing you know, no, I can't do that. I got this. I got that. I can't. And all of a sudden, you're arguing with yourself. The Bible says we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Listen to me. There are thoughts in your head that are contrary to the way God thinks about you. And the battle as believers of what we face and what we fight is it's a constant battle of what God thinks about us and what we think about ourselves. But we have divine power. We have dudamos, Holy Spirit, fire, power to demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Now watch this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want you to understand this, the word captive, the word captive there literally in translation means to take hold of with a sword or a spear. Fetch me my sword, please. Watch this. I want you, I want you to understand this. So what the word says, 
See, some of y'all were thinking about fighting me before. Who wants to fight me now? <laughs> Security, do not answer. I ain't bringing a knife to a gunfight. But that word right there, captive, literally means to use a sword or a spear to make it obedient to Christ. Pastor Jason, stand up. Get on older. Get on older. <laughs> Bow down. Bow down. Don't you stand up. Don't you stand up. What the word is saying is that we have the power through the sword to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Listen to me. When the enemy comes to you and he tells you that you're never going to be nothing, that you'll never do nothing for God, you know what some of y'all need to do? Y'all need to say, lie, get on the altar. Don't you get up and you hold it there. What you do is you use the sword of the Spirit and you begin to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Some of you need to start taking the word and saying, I am who God says I am. Pastor Jason, get up. Thank you, sir. Y'all give Pastor Jason a great. Y'all clap, but you act like he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> so how do we win the war of our mind? The first thing that you have to do, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done here in just a minute, but I'm going to break this down a little bit more Wednesday. The first thing you have to do to win the war in your mind is you got to name it. Name the stronghold. Everybody say name it. Write this down if you're taking notes. What you fail to define, you'll never defeat. Why is selfie so important? Because what we are speaking on in the case of selfie is transparency in identifying the problems when we got them. We're done saying good if we ain't good. Listen, some of y'all got a stronghold of lust in your mind. You need to start t recognizing you got a stronghold of lust. Quit telling your brothers of accountability you okay and say, nah, bro, pray for me. I'm battling with lust because let me tell you something. They got something going on too, bro. So the first thing you have to do is identify the stronghold. What you fail to define, you cannot defeat. You're walking around talking like you're good all the time, but you got battles in your mind you ain't telling nobody about, and you sure ain't telling God about it, but God already knows it's there. The second thing that you need to do as you begin to identify the strongholds, I don't, you, you, your strongholds could be jealousy, they could be you know, anger, they could be racism, they could be bitterness, they could be lust, they could be greed, they could be lying. Whatever it is that sets yourself up in your mind, you've got to start speaking to that thing. Start naming it for what it is. Spirit of lust, you will no longer have power over my mind with perversion, but I shall overcome every enemy that come near me. They come at me in one way, they flee in seven. Oh, yes, I declare no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Take the sword and take those thoughts captive. The second thing you got to do is you got to speak truth to the stronghold of your mind. See, we win by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Do you know why so many believers walk def defeated and deflated? Because they don't spend no time in the Word. There's two things the enemy will fight you on. 
He don't care how much time you spend on Netflix. Woo! He don't care how much time you spend on Hulu, does he? You know, I ain't never been laying there watching Netflix for six hours and just be totally distracted. I'd be like all zoned in. But you sit down and read your Bible. You sit down for two minutes. And all of a sudden, every person in the world that thought about texting you going to text you. Every person that thought about calling you going to call you. Every devil in your child you still trying to pray out, it manifests. Want to run in the house? Give me cereal. I need drink. I'm tired. You know, as much as I would love to sound spiritual here this morning and say, I get up and the first thing I do is read my Bible. Now, let me tell y'all what I do. I get up and I get rid of every distraction in the house. And then I get home and read my Bible. (laughs) But you know, I ain't never been fighting Netflix. But the enemy will fight you two places constantly. He'll make sure you never got time for the word and make sure you never got time for prayer. Why? Because those are two powerful points that will defeat him. Have you ever thought about why you seem to never have time to pray? I'll tell you why you don't have time to pray. You don't make time to pray. Have you ever thought about why you never made time to read your Bible? Because you haven't made time to read your Bible. Watch. Let me check the spirit in the room. You don't believe what I'm saying? Check your screen time, bro. When it says you've been on Facebook for six hours and 54 minutes, you got time to read the Word. Literally, one of the things that came out of my sabbatical, you know what I did? I went and bought a paper Bible again. Because I got sick of sitting down. Now, don't get me wrong. I love you version. Love my Bible being on my phone. But one of the things I got sick and tired of, every time I was sitting there, I'd be reading the Bible. God be speaking to me. All of a sudden, drop down. So-and-so text you. And, and they always be, you know, the little bubble always be something that make you want to click and see what else they got to say. I really need to talk to you. Da, da, da. Oh, oh my gosh, what is it? Boom, next thing you know, you, you talking to them and then while you're there, they say something about a crock pot. Now you on Amazon looking at a crock pot and then you, then you over here, y'all, y'all fighting the same devils I'm fighting. Four hours later, you sitting down watching Netflix and only read your Bible for two minutes. Somebody say, you preach them real good, preacher. You preach them real good. See, what comes into your mind comes out in your life. You can't have a positive life when you have a negative mind. But when Jesus defeated the enemy in the wilderness, guess how he did it? He did it by the sword. Everyone that's taking notes, write down the word sword. S-O-S-W-O-R-D. I know how to spell it, y'all. You don't believe me? Watch. You can't spell sword without word. S-W-O-R-D. You can't spell sword without word. And we find that Jesus, in his time of temptation of 40 days after his baptism, he goes into the wilderness, and while he's there, the Bible says he was led by the Spirit there. Let me tell you all something. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you straight up in the middle of some warfare. But catch this. He's going to make sure he gets you there while you're still soaking wet. See, Jesus goes into the wilderness, but here's the problem that Satan couldn't realize. He was still wet. 
He was still wet from the Jordan. He was still wet from the experience. The resounding words of the Father were still speaking over him. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you want to know where you get in problem in spiritual warfare? Is when you're no longer wet. When you no longer hear, hear the resounding voice of your Father. When the enemy comes at you like that, you'll be turning bre- you'll be turning rocks into bread. You'll be tempting God in things. You'll be saying things you got no business saying. But guess what? As the enemy comes, everything that Jesus does, he combats the enemy by the, by the, by the. If you be the son of God, then turn this rock into bread. For it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. If you be the son of God, it has been said that he has given your angels, his angels charge over thee. Take yourself and cast yourself down. Jesus says, for it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Every time that the enemy came at him, Jesus came back wielding the sword. Do you understand that Ephesians 6 says, put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, Gird up your loins with the belt of truth, having your feet showed with the gospel and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You do understand that the sword is the only defense you've been given. Everything else is offensive. It's to protect you. The helmet of salvation, protection, the breastplate of righteousness, protection. How do you fight back the sword? Ephesians 6, 17, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So how do we fight? How do we take captive? How do we make these thoughts that are coming into our head? you got to be in the Word. How many of y'all took my challenge Wednesday night and began to read your Bibles for 30 minutes? Let me see your hands. Four of you. Wonderful. How, how many of you? Raise them up. All I was asking you to do was read your Bible for 30 minutes, and, here, and here's the reason why. Because if you can get in the Word for 30 minutes, I'm promising you it will change your thoughts. It will change your mind because as your mind goes, as your head goes, so goes your life. You don't get to live a positive life with negative mindsets. You don't get to have a mindset of an overcomer when you constantly overcome by every emotion, by every attack, when you constantly overcome by depression and anxiety. We do not fight in the natural, but we wage war in the spirit and we begin to wield the sword, which is the word of God. Romans 8, 5, and 6. Musicians, y'all can come on. Romans 8, 5, and 6. says, those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Hold on. Here's the biggest thing that y'all missed. Those two words right there in the last sentence. But letting. But letting. So I can either let the sinful thoughts in my mind. Or I can let the spiritual thoughts in my mind. What we're calling spiritual attacks, God is telling us, nah, son, you're letting it in. Some of y'all need to be like Elsa, and you need to let it go. <laughs> let me ask you something. Stand with me all over this house. What are you letting into your life? What are you, what are you letting into your life? 
Are you, are you talking to me, preacher, I'm battling with sin, I'm battling with depression, I'm battling with discouragement. You know, I got some real, real spiritual advice for you this morning. Stop letting it. Stop letting it. Stop letting it. Stop letting it. Stop letting depression into your mind. Stop letting anxiety into your mind. Stop letting the enemy destroy your home. Stop letting the enemy destroy your finances. Stop letting the enemy rob you of your peace. Stop letting the enemy bombard you with thoughts of suicide. Stop letting the enemy tell you you're nothing and you're nobody and you'll never be anything good. Stop letting. Start letting the word of God to wash over your mind. Start letting the word of God begin to speak truths over you. Like things that say, fear not, be not dismayed, for I am with you. Behold, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Allow the plans of God to be washed over your mind. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans of good and a hope and a future to bring you about to an expected end. you got to stop letting the enemy in on these entry points and start letting the Spirit of God to wash over your mind. You do understand that you have the ability to let something happen. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I got hope for somebody that's here today. You're beat down by discouragement. You're defeated in depression. You're overcome by emotions and anxiety. God's saying, listen, I want to make it. I want to make you a whole new person. But you got to allow me to change the way you think. See, you don't get to think of yourself as a deadbeat and then be anything positive. You don't get to think of yourself as defeated and then begin winning anything. Because as a man thinks, so is he. Let me tell you how your life's going to change. You've got to start getting in the Word. You've got to make time for the Word. You've got to allow the Word of God to wash over your mind. And as it does, you'll watch. It'll be like sails on a boat that are lifted. And all of a sudden, the Ruach, the breath of God will begin to blow. And all of a sudden, your boat, your life will begin to move. He'll take you in waters you never thought you'd be possible to sail. He'll take you and you'll journey in things in the Spirit that you never thought were possible and attainable for you. He'll take you places and allow you to meet people. He'll sit you in rooms that you would have never had permission with. He'll put you at tables that people would have never invited you to. But God, but God. I believe that we can be our biggest adversary, but we can also be our biggest advocate. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and even to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints of the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of a heart. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Some of you got sound in your mind, but you don't have a sound mind. You got the sound of the enemy. You got the sound of his lies. You got the sound of your past. You got the sound of your failures. You got the sound of your shame. But Jesus is saying, I want to come that you would have a sound mind, a mind that is steady, a mind that's made up, a mind that's unmovable. Yeah. 
but you got to let me in. You got to let me in. I want to do something different in altar this morning. Then we're going to have time of ministry and prayer here. But one thing that God really dealt with me about is in Revelation 12, I believe it is. Talks about, and these are those. Can you pull that up? Revelation 12, the verse 10. Maybe. Revelation 12, 10. Yeah. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power has, uh, has his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Watch this, verse 11. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. How did they overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. And watch. And the word of their testimony. What God says about you is incredibly important. But what you say about you is just as important. How do you overcome? When the enemy comes in, what are you saying? What are you speaking? What are you releasing? What are you decreeing and declaring? If you've got the power of prophecy in the spirit, then you've got the power of prophecy even when you're defeated. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. So this is what I want to do. I want to change our confession this morning. I asked them to put this confession up on the screen, and we're going to say this. I want you to say this, and as we say it, literally in the Spirit, there's going to be some things that begin to break. Hallelujah. We're going to say this all together. Y'all ready? Can y'all put it on my monitor here for me? I want you to lift your hands to heaven and say this. Let's lift them. It's a sign of surrender an act of worship, a declaration of praise. And say, I am more than a conqueror. I do not fight for victory, but I stand in the victory of Jesus. His finished work on the cross assures me of forgiveness, healing, peace, and provision. Protection and acceptance of God. No attack. No threats. No lies. No accusations can steal these away from me. Not now or never in my future. I declare that in Christ I am above the influences of Satan. Now shout if you receive that over your life. Woo. See, something's shifting by what we're saying. Something's changing by just your mind starting to hear it. Something's breaking free in this atmosphere right now. came to tell somebody this morning you gotta be mindful of what you're telling yourself.